0: You're listening to Surly Talk Sport. Brought to you by Sky Sport now. Oh good, welcome back Surly Talk Sport, back in the saddle for another jam-packed show on your Thursday morning bye week. She's over. Congratulations Warriors fans, we've survived a weekend without watching our side lace up the boot. She wasn't easy, but boy was it good to have team name in Tuesday back this week. Seeing our 17 name to take on the Broncos, everything just feels right in the sporting world again. And I can't wait to sink my teeth into that game. In Napier on Saturday night should be an absolute doozy. And Warriors 13+. plus all day long but of course if you can't make it to the game Napier she's a bit of a trick and it is sold out so unlucky if you haven't already got your tickets but there is one place you can watch it on from the comfort of your couch and that is via our friends at Sky Sport now as always really appreciate their support and partnering with the podcast and if you're not already a customer this weekend would be a great time to test the waters plenty of action on from a range of different sports so grab yourself the weekly pass if you're not already sold and check out everything the app has to offer I guarantee you won't be disappointed. NRL, NBA, Super Rugby, NHL, EPL, UFC, F1, if it's worth watching, it's all on Sky. And if you're a sports nut like me, you want access to all of the Sky Sport and ESPN channels for a fraction of the cost of your normal Sky subscription, then sign up to Sky Sport now. That is definitely the way to do it. Plus, if you enter the code SURLY10 at checkout, you'll get yourself an extra 10% off for your troubles how good is that? On today's show, we're talking some NRL and State of O with the great man Blake Ashford. We're going to preview and review the Super Rugby, second to last round. Before we get into finals, we'll rip into the weekly wrap, covering off the NBA, boxing, and a bit of a surly schedule as well, highlighting some key sporting events coming up this weekend. And of course, we wrap things up, as always, with the Q&A before we call it a day so without further ado let's kick things off talking all things God's game and up the mighty was Blake Ashford joining us to talk all things rugby league and before we get into that mate understand you've done yourself a bit of bother, torn your tit playing rugby union maybe old Joseph Suali'i inspired you for a bit of a late career change but talk to us mate what happened sounds like a pretty painful
1: injury. Yeah, um, I was playing in the final of a 10s tournament down here in the Bay and just meant to make a regular stand to tackle, as you do. Um, yeah. Probably a little too high for Rugby Union. It was just a bit up over the shoulder. You know, you're not allowed those ones, so <laughs> Rugby League came creeping in and, yeah, just heard a pop. And the the pectoral um, obviously doesn't get a lot of work done to it these days. No bench press, <laughs> <Yeah>. no lifting. <laughs> Not much, so. But there was a joke going around that I needed to take up uh, the wife's bras because my tits were getting a bit too big, <laughs> and then that just made it a lot bigger. So, yeah. Now I'm out for a good eight months though, and uh, cool. really rethink the future of uh, of my comeback. Mate, that's rough, and obviously there's always a lot of chat between
0: guys like Gus Gould, and that they say rugby league is the superior game for strength. Obviously, I play rugby union myself. Like to think I'm one of the game's genuine hard men as a first five. Can you now confirm that, in fact, perhaps rugby union is more physical than rugby league, more dangerous on the body?
1: Um, oh, you probably get more injured playing rugby union. Rugby league's still a lot harder. Nah, fair was, call. Yeah, I was catching Z's out there on the on the sting. Oh, you were a winger too. Yeah, I was. Um, sevens. Uh, sorry, it was 10, 10 aside. And it's funny, like I was a bit confused because, you know, when you watch the game, you just see them kick so much. Yeah. I had like one-on-one in like 10 metres of space and I just decided to roof it downfield. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, I think too much watching the game instead of actually playing.
0: Yeah, it's turned into force back, that's for sure. But one game that hasn't, the great game of Rugby League, and again, she dished up upsets galore last week, but one that stood out for me in particular, and it's probably the only game we'll cover from last week, was that Tigers win. 66 points they put on, 11 tries, a club record, and it was iconic scenes at Leichhardt. Obviously, the fans were up in the scoreboards. Looked like a fair bit of bears were being consumed as well. So, mate, heading into this game, I thought they were a chance, even though the Cowboys had been in good form but I didn't see this scoreline coming. So
1: what were the scenes in Papamoa in the Ashford household at full time? Well, obviously I wasn't drinking, so it was oh. quite calm. I was mm. I was very happy. Um, let's just say the, the, I, I couldn't really move too much. So the celebrations were limited. In my mind, I went maduring, <laughs> uh, imagining what I would be doing if I yeah. could fully move. But look, I was so happy for the men. I, I tipped them and I didn't, but like you said, like, yep, thought they could win but I wasn't 100% sure. And um, just the way they came out, like they, the their, their defense at Leichhardt, the way they took it to the Cowboys, it just set up the whole game. Um, seeing them throw out a couple of old moves that we used to do in 2011 as well brought a tear to the eye. Uh, the last try, Bateman's try, was one of the old, you know, turn under, back under the ruck to inside ball. Like it brings a tear to the eye to to see them still get thrown out now, obviously, who the coaches are. Uh, they decide to bring it back but yeah 66 points i did not see that coming um but i'll tell you what it's good to get a win and they've been good over the last month just losing to the bunnies it was 20 nil at the end but it was only 8 nil with i think six to go or something so look they, they've been good over the last month and like i said mate you and i we both booked our grand final tickets warriors tigers so that'll be good to see you there Right, I would love to see that as a Warriors fan, personally. But you mentioned over the last month have
0: been pretty good. Sheenzy, your former coach, he was talking kind of early season, saying don't judge us on these early results. It's going to take a bit of time. And now we see the emergence of guys like Stafford Toa, Dureen Buller, those guys really playing some unreal football at the moment. Does that fill you with hope in all seriousness and long term for the future? And do you think Sheenzy, Benji and that have kind of set up that foundation for success in the coming years?
1: Yeah, I, I think they have in the sense that, like, you look at the Warriors now, it's a perfect example. Look at the tough times they went through during COVID and having to blood all these young players. And now we're seeing the rewards of Edward Cosse, players like that, you know, Adam Pompey, who's playing some OK footy. You start to see these players come through who have gone through the tough times. Now, you with the Tigers, you've got all these young kids who, obviously, it's been a tough time for a lot of them, but all these kids are just new to the game. So they've only really got this last year or two years, you know, to feel the the hurt, the wooden spoon hurt. So now hopefully it does instill something in them to keep going. But it's interesting to see who's running. The, I don't know who's running it at the moment, whether it's Benji, whether it is uh, Sheenzy. You know, Benji's got the headset on, but Sheenzy's doing the press conference. Yeah, You've um, seen a lot of different plays. You know, Robbie's got his influence. David Fern is there. So um, it'd be interesting to see where they do take it and how long – Sheenji's still involved before Benji takes the reins. And now
0: this tattoo, mate, she's a piece of art. For those that haven't seen it, that are listening, a Tigers fan, he's gone and got the scoreline, the sixty-six to eighteen, tattooed on the left leg with the date just below it to a true piece of rugby league masterclass. Now, rumors are floating around the internet, mainly started by me, that this yeah. is actually your tattoo and even more vicious rumors are circling that you're actually going to get a matching one this weekend when the Warriors put on a similar scoreline against the Broncos. Can you confirm this, mate? Is that
1: the go? I, I just like to keep the rumors out there. Um, yeah. I can't show you at the moment, just the camera angle, yeah, the shoulder. Yeah. just it's not yeah. ideal. So, um look I did get some ink after last weekend um maybe it was that maybe it wasn't uh but I'll tell you what the 66 to 18 win it's even made the NRL rethink where their schedule is going because you've seen the Tigers are now playing all their home games at Campbelltown and Leichhardt now so I'll tell you what one 60 point win can really change a, a season and maybe a bit of misery of 10 years You love to see it. Now State
0: of Origin game one next Wednesday and yourself and me, we're both diehard New South Wales fans and every time this time of year it just becomes the talk of the town and it takes over from everything and the teams were announced earlier in the week, some huge calls on both sides so I thought I'd go through a few of them and kind of get your thoughts, what you're thinking. For the Mighty Blues, that first big call for me came on the right edge with Turbo getting that centre spot and then the Fox named on the wing and I named my team last week, I had Turbo in there, just because I think he's so classy, even at 80%, and with less Ks on the clock at centre, he could still turn it on. But do you think that performance from him last weekend for Manly, three tries, just ran a mark, do you reckon that cemented him in, or do you think Freddie already had him penciled in his team?
1: I don't know, it's hard to say, because he he looked on the weekend completely different player yeah. than what he did at Magic Round, and you would have seen the first thing, like he was getting burnt by Cobbo, just like left in dust. Um, like he just looked a completely different player. I reckon it might have played a part, but i i I sort of think they already had their team picked. Look, I was skeptical like you at the start. The one I would have had the the change with might have been uh Josh Adokar for Campbell Graham. Now only because Josh cars played 80 minutes of footy. Hmm. And in saying that, this is where I don't like Origin in the sense that it's costing young kids opportunities and costing young kids uh financial success. Because let's say, okay, Campbell Graham is going to get paid, but what would he get paid if he was an Origin player? Yeah. Now, he's been the best outside back in the competition this year, and you can't make an Origin team. I just That's where I don't like it. Um, but then I look on the bright side for New South Wales. This is the back line that won the 2021 Origin Series and absolutely destroyed Queensland. So... That's maybe where Freddie's going. Like last year, these players weren't healthy. He left Adokar out, obviously, and Turbo wasn't healthy. Now he gets them back. Maybe he's thinking along that lines. Um, I just would have loved to seen Campbell Graham in there, to be honest. He's a big body, can jump high, loves contact. He can go, you know, bring the ball back. So I would have had him in for Fox. But in saying that, I know Fox is going to do a job. Yeah, I found it interesting. Everyone was kind of questioning whether Tommy
0: was ready for it. Then you had the Fox, everyone had him in, and he hadn't even played up until last weekend. So much like you, I probably would have had Campbell Graham there. Just he showed for Aussie on the wing. He's still a world-class footballer, and he's been devastating so far this year. My kind of next point that I thought was interesting is in the pack, obviously, you got Uppy Coracell, your Tigers boy, starting at hooker, and then TPJ getting the start at prop. And I don't know about you, but if I had to name maybe 30, 40, players that I would have had in the mix I wouldn't have had Pangai Junior in there at all so how do you kind of see this playing out mate is he coming in to be that enforcer that kind of tough guy that he does have in his game or do you think this is just another
1: Freddy special he's maybe got a little bit carried away what's your thoughts um I I don't know he could be the enforcer I think they might have seen Flegler but then again you don't know the other team but look look, I, I went through every NRO lineup from last weekend And tried to see who i'd have over him and there might have been maybe one maybe two but i couldn't say yes because i looked at most of the good props in the nrl and they're either from queensland or they play for new zealand yeah so there's not so many that's where new south wales are lacking in the props obviously jake jboevich would have been the starting prop um the thing i do like maybe freddie's gone this way is that yes he's an enforcer but he's the best offloader in the nrl um a way you can get away if you're not making a lot of meters in origin if you get an offload and make another 10 meters and you start to get a roll on that's massive so look i when i first saw the new south wales team i was a bit like you. i was like oh i think get smashed I, i don't really don't really like the the lineup of this but the more i look at it the more i'm liking new south wales um even their bench all 80 minute players um which i think they have over queensland so yeah, I think maybe he's there for that reason, the enforcer, but there's also a lot to his game to like with that off offload sense and um his hard hard ball carry. Sure we'll touch on the bench soon. I just wanted to double down
0: on this Appy thing do you think that was to do with that Penrith spine connection from previous years do you think his form of the last two to three weeks where we've really seen him step up for the Tigers what do you think it was that got him the nod over Cook because if I was Damien Cook you know the bunnies are sitting atop of the ladder he's an 80 minute hooker who's probably a bit stronger in terms of his tackle stats things like that I'd be kind of spewing that I missed out on the squad
1: altogether so what do you think it was that got Appy over the lion? Oh, I think um, 100% it was the Penrith connection. Um, And you've heard Freddie and Greg Alexander come out and say they've played with two hookers in the past and it hasn't really worked for them. And they just fell into, you know, the media trap or what Queensland were doing using two hookers. Like it wasn't their style of play. So they've chosen Uppy. The thing I like, obviously, I I think he's there because of the Penrith connection. But the thing I like is Damien Cook he struggles to create opportunities really unless there's a fast play the ball. Yeah. For me, like I, I think he's an exceptional player, but one of the best hookers in the world. I just think Appy has more um, a creative, he's more a creative nine when you can come out and draw the markers and um, really bring your forwards onto it. I think Appy has that over Damien Cook. You think speed and, um, you know, like you said, tackling stats, yep, Damian Cook. But I think Epi in the middle would do a job. And I think he's his thing to bring the forwards onto the ball and bring Cleary and Luai onto the ball is just going to be huge. Uh, I think that extra creative nine, someone who create their own play, I think is why he's in the team too. It's interesting too, Blake Braley, I see he's been added
0: to the squad over the last kind of twenty four hours. Do you think this is more a nod to the future, or just simply a fact that the Sharks have the bye, They don't want to take Cookie out of playing footy this week, and it just happens to work out that Blake's not going to miss a game for his club, and
1: they don't want Cookie to do the same. I, I think it's I think it's that reason alone. I like you. Obviously, Campbell Graham's not in because he can't train most of the week. Um, so you want people to train against your you know your, your starting 13. So you got uh, Stephen Crichton in who's Penrith also got a buy. you got Blake Braley in there to be a nine against you know that starting side who's also got a buy. I think it's just that um, that you've got those plays in there. yes, experience for the future maybe, but also to um, help the the starters get ready for the game next Wednesday. You mentioned that Campbell Graham thing. I wanted to touch on it
0: further on, but we'll bring it up now, now you've brought it up. And it's interesting because he's named to play at centre for South this week. Just how different are the weeks in preparation? Is it because New South Wales, they haven't played together, their trainings are a lot more intense, whereas South, you can probably get away with more limited contact? Or do you think this is Campbell Graham giving Freddie a little bit of an up yours and saying, look, if I'm not in your plans to start and I deserve to be, I'm going to go back to club
1: land where I've been playing great footy? Oh, I don't know. I I don't want to. You know, it, it's all speculation. I guess oh, but absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's what probably me as a thirty five year old would have done. But then <laughs> thinking, um, you know, if I'm still trying to make my origin debut, yeah, I've been the best centre. But you're not getting ahead of yourself. You know, the two players he's named in the centres are outstanding. Yeah. Like two of the best fullbacks in the world. Obviously, it's funny saying that two of the best fullbacks playing centre. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I just think that you you get time off because the club knows you so well, knows your body, they see it every week. So with the origin, you sort of only got a limited preparation. so you need everyone on deck. You can't really carry injuries throughout the week. um so that's why that's why I'm gonna say he's um he's gone back to the rabbits that that reason silly., <laughs> fair,
0: fair. you're a man of the players, much like myself. And then in the pack, The engine room, you mentioned it before. I found it interesting because he's gone with Hudson Young and Tyson Frizzell named to start with your Cam Murray's Liam Martin on the bench. Those two are some of the great nut truckers in the game. So do you think that that is how he's going to actually run out on the night? Do you think it's a bit of a mind game from Freddie? Because Cam Murray, Liam Martin, when you think those two, they're kind of made for origin. Hudson Mm. Young and Frizzell, though, they are quite aggressive. They like to bang into some big bodies early. So do you think he's going more that how it's going to look best over the 80 minutes rather than just getting off to a great start.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. Like I still think the team will change before the first game. Um, I may be wrong, but I like, you know, a lot of us maybe we will have opinions, but I think that Liam Martin could possibly start for Hudson young. I, I love for I, I wanted him in there last year. I love the selection. He's just a tough head, old head. He's origin. He is origin. Um, And he's not going to let you down, Tyson Frizzell. Um, Look, Cam Murray, I think, will come on and play a a tough role in the middle. And the good thing I I like about Cam Murray on the bench is he's not going to have to come on and be that ball-playing lock. He's so good when he's running because of his late feet and his ability to beat a defender. But then when he gets tackled, to bounce straight back up and play the ball. He's one of the best in the game at that, and I think we go away from seeing that as one of, the, one of his strengths because he has to be that ball player and that link for Souths in the middle. So I think I'd keep Murray on the bench, but I think Liam Martin might start for Hudson Young. Just my opinion, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, agreed with that. And then over the border,
0: Queensland, they've named a horrible side as always. New South Wales, 13 plus all day long. But coach Billy Slater, he's made a couple of big calls. He's gone against that pick and stick method, which Queensland have been more known for, and gone maybe perhaps on form with your Walsh, with your Hammer, dropping out Ponga and Gagai. And as a New South Wales fan, I love that. I love not seeing Ponga and Gagai in that team. For me, Gagai, he's that one guy every year. He can be average at club land, come origin. he looks like the best player out on the paddock. So what do you make of those two calls? He's obviously showing a lot of faith in young Reese. KP was the player of the series last year. Do you think this is Billy getting quite adventurous or do you think these
1: selections are warranted? I think they're warranted. Um, I'll, I mean, Hammer's been in tremendous form and you could even argue Val Holmes and Dan Gago haven't been in the best form. So both centres, you know, one of them had to go, I believe. Um, The Reese walsh selection I think is warranted. I think it also takes out that fear factor of, you know, we saw um, Ponga just make a tackle on the weekend and have to go for a HIA. Now, in origin, the impact goes up, the collision goes up, the speed of the game goes up, fatigue. It's, it's going to be way, a lot easier to get a concussion. Um, I think that, I don't want to say weighed into Billy, but I think it might have been the back of the mind because if you lose a player for 15 minutes or could possibly be the be the game, like that—that's a huge call, especially if it's a fullback who's a, a pivotal player. Um, and Reese Walsh has done enough this year, I, I believe, to to get his start. He's been outstanding for the Broncos. Um, so yeah, look, I, I as a New South Wales fan, I'm happy though because I can't see Val Holmes or the Hammer stopping Turbo or Latrell Mitchell. I think if Latrell Mitchell plays how we know Latrell can, he can easily get man in the series this year.
0: Love me a bit of that, and no doubt he'll be licking his lips at the hammer because he's not the strongest defensively. Then when you look in the forward pack, there's no real massive surprises there, although I was semi-surprised and disappointed as a Warriors fan to not see Capewell in the mix. He'll be playing for the Broncos this weekend, but Tommy Gilbert gets the start, and probably deservedly so. He's been going great guns at Redcliffe. Was this pack and the makeup of it as you predicted? Obviously, maybe Kafusi would have been in there if he hadn't been suspended and got a little carried away against his old teammates last weekend but was this kind of 8 to 13 and even 8 to 17 how you saw Billy running this side out? Um,
1: I thought Mo Farawaka was unlucky not to get selected I thought he's been outstanding over the last month especially with uh, Big Papa um, saying he's no longer playing Origin I thought Mo would have been first in but apart from that, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Look, it's a solid pack, and Dave Fafita's been to me the best second round competition this year. Like the way he's um, gone about his business from where he was last year. Maybe it's just maybe I'm blindsided because of the what he done for me lately. How much he's made that step up. But that's just how I've seen him this year. So good to have a half like Kieran Four and yeah. just you know bring him onto the ball. Um, so that that's definitely warranted. I think that's where New South Wales can exploit. And that's why I said the more and more I look at the teams, the more and more I like New South Wales. I think Gilbert's been playing in the middle mm. and you chuck him on an edge and I don't I don't think he's going to be as well laterally um, moving sideways as, you know, say maybe a Cape Wall would have been. So I think they can really exploit him out there on the edges. And look, he gets through a lot of work in the middle, but he does a lot of defense and he doesn't carry the ball as much for Redcliffe. So I think um, they can really do a number on him out wide, but then that, that Queensland bench is, is scary. Um, Tino, you know, that that's coming on and bringing a lot of energy. There, there's going to be fireworks. I hope Tino's on there when Pangai is and they just let them fight. I, I said this from just let people punch because once people punch, you know, it's going to take a lot of, toughness out of that like a lot of people are going to step back and know oh hang on he can swing here i'm not gonna do anything i just let just let the biff come back i say surly
0: yeah fair call and i think that might have cost maddie burden a spot in origin for life after he got dusted up by a guy. <laughs> tough times <laughs> tough times and obviously game one we're, we're about seven days away now opens up in Adelaide. what a city to really get the fizz going for origin but how do you see game one and probably the series playing out mate obviously you're a patriotic sky blue fan like myself do you think this side is capable of winning the series and if so what do you
1: reckon two one three nil clean sweep um i i think new south wales two one and and i don't think they win it Put it this way: I don't think they win in Queensland. So, to win this game is the, the winner of this game. I'd say win this wins the series. Um, I think that's how big this first game is at at, at Adelaide. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's it's huge. Look, I, I think yeah, just the you don't really have a chance to see game two and three. You get a chance. It's usually the same teams named majority of the time. So you get a chance to see where. How the other team's going to play, where you can pick them apart. Mm. This first game, you'll have an idea. Oh, look, this is where we want to go. But it's not to you're out there where you sort of have to adjust. And I think us having Nathan Cleary on our side with the up in I think is the adjustment. The adjustment being made there will come from one of those two. And I think that's where they'll win the series in game one. And I think the rest will just do it itself. So they'll go, they'll split the rest of it, one in Queensland, one in New South Wales. Yeah, I love that. I was thinking along the same. I
0: was thinking maybe the sporting gods reward me for my heartbreak of the Lakers getting swept and that they would repay us with a New South Wales sweep. But much like you mentioned, I think it'll be hard to rock up to Suncorp and get the win. Just the atmosphere alone, those... Queenslanders they'll be out for blood after we tell them up next week so yeah I'm thinking 2-1 as well mate and uh, despite Origin being the talk of the town we do have an unreal round of NRL coming up this weekend just the five games but we'll glance over those pretty quickly we've got the Finns taking on the Dragons Finns put up a pretty good fight against Melbourne last week and maybe their own discipline kind of cost them getting the win in that game they will be without the hammer and also Tommy Gilbert and Kafusi, who's out with suspension then for the dragons they got the big win kind of that effect of the interim coach they really rose for their new leader no benny hunt this week though so do you think dolphins at home in
1: queensland too good oh way too good mate especially the the team they've named i think after watching keery go around the edge a couple of times on the on the weekend you got cody nicarima at the back who yeah he's not the hammer speed wise but he's very quick I think Benny Murdoch's going to have a tough day out there on the edge. So I think the Fins get it done quite easily, to be honest. Yeah, good call. Friday night, Eels versus Cowboys and the Eels last
0: weekend. They look like competition beaters again. Mitchie Moser still in Brown, just pulling the strings with precision. And I don't think anyone really tipped them to get up over the bunnies. They lose Junior Bolo, who's a big loss, but it is just the one player. So that probably helps them out. Then for the Cowboys, they lose Val Cotta, Dearden, Murray Tuolani. So for me, if Moses and Brown show up again, this could be a comfortable win for Para. Is
1: that how you see this game playing out as well? Um, I, I actually I see Para winning, but I see it a, a lot closer game. I don't mind the is the center playing for the Cowboys late, but is that the six for PNG? I believe it same name, right? Be. So yeah, yeah, it could be. He's a very good player. You slowed him well. I I look, I I was just going through their pack and you know Chad Townsend's still there. Look, I think para win. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But Cowboys have got a 14 and a half point head start. So uh, I'd be leaning towards that. I think it's going to be a lot closer than a blowout. But hey, I tipped bunnies last week. So <laughs> Yeah, this is one of those typical para games where they
0: could just lose it and everyone oh. be like, what is going on with them? Saturday night, double header. First game is the main course. Then we've got the dessert after. But the Warriors heading down to Napier, McLean Park. They're telling fans to get there about an hour before kickoff because the stadium, it's not used to this many numbers this many bums on seats, they think it could be chaos at the gates, so you got to love that. That's Rugby League footy at its finest. The Broncos, without five of their top players, they do get Adam Reynolds back, though. For the Warriors, no Wade Egan, no Dylan Walker, both ruled out with injury, but exciting news, Luke Metcalf, he's named to start in the sixth jersey, so what do you think the keys are to win for the Warriors this game? Where do you think they'll target the Broncos, and kind of what do you
1: see Luke Metcalf bringing to the seventeen? Um well you'd probably a better judge on Metcalf. I mean, I've only seen him the once from the the preseason, um, and he was outstanding in that. Like his pace, his IQ level for a young fellow is amazing. And um to see him partner with Shawnee Johnson, I'm very excited. But I don't want I don't want everyone to expect the world from him. I just yeah. want him to do like Ronald Volkman did last week. Just do your job. Like the, and I think Webe will be saying that to him. Just do your job and everything will take care of itself. You don't have to come up with a flashy play. So I know everyone's pumping it up. You know, we've seen the the social media from the Warriors. Couldn't wait until he was named in the team, had to get it out early. So, look, I, I just hope the kid has a solid game. I think that where the Warriors can beat him is once again in the forward pack. Yeah. Now, the Broncos, every time they've been beaten this year is because the other teams attacked, Payne Haas, Carrigan and Flegler. Those three aren't there. And you've got Adam Fenor, Blake, Tohu Harris. Players are like that. I think they just go through the middle and Shawnee's kicking game once again's got to be on because we know the other halfback's definitely gonna be on. But hey, Surly, uh Warriors uh got them winning this game and quite well. And I've got them actually winning the next three into the next buy. So I think it'll be top four by the end of the next buy.
0: There he is. That was actually a question I had coming up. So I love your confidence there. And like you mentioned, that Ford pack, I think that's where we'll roll through them as well. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the work of our back three as well, because I think for me, Chance, Dell, Marcelo, they've been exceptional over the last few weeks prior to the bye when they were appearing at the back. And just the work they do getting us out of our own end, the carries and sets, they run so hard. They're so intense and physical. And then, as a result, we've seen guys like Eden and that really start to come to the fore and play some great footy through the middle as well. Because it seems like you know sets with momentum, a backpedalling defence. We've got our forwards going up against tired defenders. Do you think this has been an effect of Andrew Webster? Obviously, he's come across from that Penrith system. Their back three over the past three years has kind of changed the game in terms of how it's played. Do you yeah. think this is a
1: purely Webby effect? A hundred percent. You said it in your question there, mate. Uh, uh, and that's where I was going to go. You look at Penrith, who's won the comp. The the best thing for them is their forwards don't really have to do too much work because when they kick down to Penrith, you've got Brian or you got Taruva, you've got Edwards who will take carries, you've got Crichton come in. So the forwards don't really touch it till maybe the third or fourth. But what it does is when you've got effective ball carriers like that, as the Warriors we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks, their forwards don't have to run back 50 meters to get on the ball and then take a carry, then run another 50 for kick chase. They're walking back maybe 20 metres to where the ball is. They can, you know, rest to the play, then go one or two plays, get it on the kick chase, and the job's simple. And then when they get their chance in good field position after the other team makes an error, that's when the forwards get to play. Like, it's, it's simple footy, but it's effective. You've seen Penrith in the last couple of competitions doing so, and you're spot on. I think they've been electric and... And a reason for the forward success is because the back three have been starting those sets off so well, first chance catching those high balls. And then you've got the two kamikazes on either side, Montoya, Dallin, Edward Cossie, whoever it may be, just bringing that ball back a hundred miles per hour. It's oh, love to see it.
0: Yeah. You do love to see. And you mentioned the Warriors draw from here on out is pretty favorable. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously, extremely one-eyed but we, we have a good little run here to go three in a row obviously Broncos this weekend Dolphins at home if that was in Brazil you'd maybe be a little more 50-50 and then we've got the Raiders in Canberra which I think will be a big game because those Origin boys have decided not to play this year so they won't be missing from that clash are you feeling pretty good about kind of the back sort of two-thirds of the season. Obviously, we've got another buy coming up in around three weeks, but it seems like casting the eye over for the majority, we've kind of played those top teams. We've got them out the way early, and now we have guys like Barnett, tamare Martin, hopefully Jazz, set to come back in the next kind of two to six
1: weeks. We could really hit our straps at the back end, right? Oh, 100%. It's going to be a, a massive headache for Webby once we actually yeah. have this team fully fit because there's going to be some excellent NRL players that would probably start in other teams playing New South Wales cup for the Warriors. So, um, well, I mentioned it before though. I don't think the Warriors have been, or they might've once or twice before, but never been in this position when it comes origin origins, usually the time where as Warriors fans are like, Oh yes, this is where our season starts to get back on track because, you know, we've, we've lost or we've, you know, we've lost more games than we've won to start the season. Now, we sort of catch back up during Origin because all the teams with their best players are, are playing Origin. So this is the the period where the Warriors like. Never have, I think we've been maybe once or twice a, a situation like we are now where we're playing these teams during Origin. They happen to be two Queensland teams, and we can really jump up into a top four position by winning these next three games and going into another bye. You think, what's that, uh 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 from the Bulldogs to the end of the next buy, 12 points. Yeah. Well, that's a massive jump if we can do that. Um, And what it does for the end of the season is doesn't make us as Warriors fans too nervous because we're not like, oh, we need to win this game or we can win three or four or, oh, no, now we can only win. We have to win the last two to make it. Like, you know, you can sit there and be like, ah, sweet. Okay, we're in the eight. Now where are we going to finish? So I think it's setting us up good for the end of the year, Surly. See how I said us.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that. You're well and truly on and and you deserve to be on the bandwagon, mate, because obviously an ex-player, you've earned your stripes, so we'll definitely mm-hmm. allow it. You're allowed multiple teams. Everyone kind of forgives that. The Sunday game yep. is the last one of the weekend and it's going to be interesting for me because obviously Manly, they're without the three Travojevic, the no DCE, the people's neck. so they're down on troops. The Knights, interesting to see as well. KP, he's moved to the back. So that was my kind of one question for you on this game. Do you think that's a lot long- Lachie Miller struggling for form. Do you think it's Kalen Ponga saying, look, I want to prove I'm still one of the game's best fullbacks. Or do you think it's even Billy Slater saying we want to see the kid play at the back?
1: I think it could be all three, to be honest. Um, Lockie Miller started outstanding to start the year, but he has dropped off a bit and, you know, first season, Oh, really as a full time NRL player, you know, he got games here and there last year, but it's a tough season. And, you know, to be with a team that's sort of going up and down and you don't have Ponga for a lot of the year. And now you're trying to get Kalen Ponga in it as a six. Now we've seen it not work a couple of times. Now he's going back to fullback. Is that the last time we'll see it? I I don't know. And if so, where does Lockie Miller go? That's another question. Um, Yeah, it could be as well Billy Slater or even Ponga saying, hey, I want to go back to fullback. I don't like six. They might be trying to hide him from contact as well. There's a lot of reasons why they could have done it. Only obviously they know, but I think it's a good move, especially the defensive one where you see him get knocked out on the weekend just making a tackle. The less tackles, the less contact he has in a game is going to be better for Newcastle, the more he can jump into the line on both sides and really cause havoc. So I don't mind the move. And I think they do win quite comfortably, to be honest. No DCE, no Tommy Turbo or Jake. Uh it's sort of Manly's heart and soul right there, isn't it? Yeah, agreed. And then finally, before I let you go again, huge
0: signing news in the world of the Warriors. CHT announcing that he, much like RTS, he's coming back to return to play at Let's Go Media Stadium in 2024. And that gives us the potential to run out a starting back line with five double-barrel last names. And c and DWZ, RTS, CHT, and Tomate Martin. So that right there, that's a deadly recipe in terms of rugby league. We know the more double barrels, the better your roster is. So on CHT, mate, how excited are you to see him come back to the club? And what did you think of the news when it was first announced? And I guess the question on everyone's lips where do you see him fitting into this team in
1: 2024? Um, firstly, I love the move. I've actually been speaking with him a lot over the cup, uh, last couple of days. And I, nice. I, um, have been living through him for the last year. Obviously he's been overseas and I've been like asking questions. Oh, how's this place? Oh, how's it, you know, just thinking, Oh, what it'd like to be young again, just earn good whack in NRL, then go away for a year. Like it'd be awesome to do. He's apparently got one more trip planned for, um, before he has to, he said, yep, going away one last time. And then I'm back to Mount Smart in November. So uh, it was good to hear that. Look, I, I, I love the signing because we're still not sure what's happening with the Shawnee. So whether Shawnee does sign or he doesn't, there's a half position there that's going to need to be filled. Now, we've seen him fill multiple roles, um, Chanel, in the past. He's done well at fullback, but we won't need him there. You've got RTS and Charles Nickel clockstead I think six is going to be his position, depending on – I suppose depending on Shawnee, but then again, who do you see him with? He can also play backup hooker, I believe. His ability to tackle, his strong defence in the middle – Um, would be massive to start a game or even a Freddie Lusick role to ease him back into that NRL first grade grind because, you know, going away from uh, the game for a year, it changes. NRL changes every year, the pace, everything, it just changes. So, um, look, I can't wait to see him back and I think it'll be in the halves, but wouldn't surprise me if he's in that backup hooker role as well.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if – maybe potential to play like a Bailey Surinan type of role, a bit of a jack of all trades. You could chuck him on an edge, chuck him at centers, hooker, you can cover fullback. So I think it's just great for our depth. And I see fans kind of saying, oh, you know, we've got so many halves kind of why, mm-hmm. but that isn't that the ideal problem to have that you've got so oh. many different options. You can plug and play these guys. There's always injuries in the competition, like the NRL for me, it's a dream result. Plus you get a guy back who just loves the club.
1: Yeah. And you, and, You spot on, you see, if you see his body, like he's actually lost weight to play in the halves. If he was to put on muscle and fill out, he would, I saw saw it when he was younger, his shoulders are so wide and he's such a big figure. He could fill in that back row role. Yeah, I had that problem myself. (laughs) Yeah, I know the drill, mate. I know the drill. (laughs) Yeah, mine goes um, down in the gut now, so it always has. So (laughs) I can't say I'd ever um, have the body or physique like that, man. But yeah, look, he's... He can definitely play there. I think you're right on. I think you're spot on the money. He could fill in anywhere.
0: Perfect. Well, I appreciate you jumping on, bro. Another huge weekend ahead. So fingers crossed for a big Warriors and New South Wales win. And maybe we'll touch base again after Origin for another
1: yarn and a bit of a debrief. No worries, brother. Um, Unlucky on the on the Lakers. Um, By the next time this, you know, gets out there, the Celtics would have won one game and back in the series. So uh, there's still hope. I hope you're right you got the singlet on so maybe
0: that's the good luck charm I don't like your chances but hey maybe if they win one things could unfold from there you never know round 13 in the box for the super rugby and fair to say she was probably around where all the results went to script bar one though and shout out to the western force who went the big lift defended home turf and beat the brumbies in Perth 34 points to 19 a huge result for Razors boys and the Canterbury Crusaders they now leapfrog the Brumbies up into second on the ladder and look every bit of showing to get a home semi-final so well done to the lads from Perth a huge result for the rest of this competition and well done to the Kiwi sides as well with four of the six all getting the win, so let's rip into those games. Friday night, we saw the Crusaders head up to Auckland to christen Lesco Media Stadium Mount Smart and take on the Moana Pacifica, and unfortunately, as many probably expected, she was a comfortable win, 41 Rugby Union points to 7 for the lads from the Garden City and it was a younger side that trotted out for the red and black, the defending champs, they took the opportunity to rest a few rigs and give the youth a bit of a trot and it's fair to say a few of them really put their hands up and staked their claim for bigger minutes. Come the business end of the season. Noah Hotham. The froth man. Noah's Ark. He ticked all the boxes for me at nine. And he looks to be a real throbber for the future. One to circle. In your rugby union diary. Another cab off the rank from the Crusaders factory. And him alongside Macca Springer. They both have massive futures. I've been singing Macca's praises all year round. He was solid again though. Dotted down for a meaty. Looks everything a handful himself. And I can't wait to see how these two young Tasman lads careers develop. Speaking of Tasman lads, she was another sigh of relief as well for New Zealand rugby fans. Will the Thrill Jordan continues to mount his return to the top flight footy with a big shift. Topped the game for running metres and defenders beaten. So it appears Will the Thrill, he's back to his best post that air injury and looking every bit of shoe in for that all black side to be named. Coming up. At the end of Super Rugby. Then following that, we had a Friday night double header with the Blues going over to Brizzy and getting busy. Securing the bonus point win and an important dub at that, 45 points to 26 over the Reds. To keep their home semi-final hopes alive, all be them slim, but a great tick in the box. For Leon McDonald's men and she was an entertaining and open game. One I enjoyed watching to be fair, there was res Galore from both sides, line breaks, end to end stuff. And the Reds fought hard, there was certainly no rollover despite the end scoreline, perhaps suggesting something different. In the end though, I thought the Blues' backline, they proved to be the difference with our strike weapons really standing up. The likes of Talias, Lamb, Zahn Sullivan and Bodie in particular. Unfortunately old Bodes, had to depart with a bit of a cut on his heel so didn't quite finish out the game but all four of them were excellent and time and time again they just created opportunities from nothing with their ability to beat opposition defenders at the drop of a hat. Vintage Blues footy really which you love to see. And I tell you what, Stephen Perifeta, he's a classy footballer, but boy, in Zahn Sullivan, had the Blues not lost a lot throughout his injury period. He's got a bit of a rugby league name about him too, Zahn, so I think that he's definitely one that could be wearing the black jersey post the World Cup exodus. He's just one of those blokes, whenever he gets Gilbert in hand, he just seems to have so much time. He looks very relaxed and casual, but he seems to make the right decision over and over again. Again, another one, you <laughs> Chuck in your rugby union diary. Mark Talia mentioned him before. What a weapon this kid is. He ran for 156 metres of 15 carries with 11 defenders beaten in total. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Don't reach for your cotton buds. You heard that correctly. 15 carries for 11 defenders beaten. That's some unopposed team run stats there from the Mumba. And it was a top shelf display from him, really showing he is one of the most elusive talents out there on the wing in world rugby in the Fords there's a few solid performances as well with the all-black trio of Paddy T, Hoskins Atutu and Akira Ioane all putting in big shifts and I thought Cam saw 4 really stood up again in the absence of Sam Derry he continues to build on what I reckon has been a bit of a breakout year for him at super rugby level so well done to the harbour heat skipper five points banked and on we march. Up the blues super Saturday, three games with three Kiwi sides involved. The first was the landers hosting the rebels at the Sistema lunchbox with the space soldiers finally snapping that four-game losing streak. Right at the death though, cometh the hour, cometh the man, young Sammy Gilbert, who of course his family, they manufacture these balls so he knows them like the back of his hand. He banged it over, sent it between the vertical sticks, a penalty deep into extra time, 85th minute to be precise, to secure them a famous win and a much needed 4 points, and it was hardly a vintage display from either side, but in saying that, she was a bloody important win for the Landers, it keeps them right in the mixer for a playoff spot, especially after that force win, if they'd lost this game, I think she would have been season over. So well done to the Landers for fronting up against a Rebels side that certainly wouldn't go away, grinded out a tough win at home, and got the much needed 4 points, and then following that, Probably the most anticipated game of the round with the Chiefs hosting the Swirls at FMG Stadium. Looking to bounce back from that shock loss the week before against the Reds. A bit of redemption. And that is certainly what they got. Conditions, they were hissing, probably more of a typical Wellington night than a Hamilton one, to be fair. But in the end, as expected, the Chiefs just had too much in the duffel for a weakened Hurricane side. Of course, opted to rest some of their big dick players, your Arties, your Geordies, Dane Coles, Asafo Amua. And instead, they perhaps targeted this week's game, chose to wave the white flag. And saying that, though, they certainly didn't roll over. Once the team got out on the paddock and they put an a brave effort despite missing those big names I tell you what Brayden Yosse, he is a handful, six foot three, 103 kgs. He's listed at the ladder's all muscle. And geez, can he truck nut? Quick too. A real weapon with Gilbert in hand. He got that intercept and no one seemed to get near him. The big fella, he's got foot speed of doom, but in the end, it was the superior set piece and kicking game of the home side that got them home. That D and Shooter combination kicked with precision to constantly turn the canes around, force them into the to errors made them pay with points and Brodie Retallick he was a menace in the line out as well stealing the swirls ball on multiple occasions on the way to a fairly comfortable 23 points to 12 wins so look ahead to this weekend's game the second to last round of the competition and apart from the Chiefs who are sitting in first eight points ahead of the next closest team the rest of the ladder she's fairly congested with only two points separating second and fifth and then also five points separating seventh and tenth setting the stage for an exciting home run over the next fortnight. Which gets underway of course tomorrow night. A double header. With the Landers taking on the Reds. And the Rebels hosting the force. For the Landers. 7.05pm kickoff, Sky Sport 1. The stage doesn't get any bigger than this. With playoff hopes on the line. A win here. We'll see them leapfrog. Their opposition the Reds on the ladder. But also. And arguably more importantly. She's the final home game for club legend. And the most capped Highlander Ever. Aaron Smith the great man Nuggie and fitting to the occasion coach Clark Dermody Jason Rutledge senior he's named the strongest side of the year in my opinion he's combined dual wings named Jonah in the 11 and 14 jersey that is a recipe for destruction then he's also gone the big lift and named triple pivots three first fives in the back line, Burns at 10, Gilbert at 12, and Hunt at 15, I love that, the more the merrier I say, 12 known. first fives, they're the most skillful and intelligent blokes in any side, so get them out there, whatever you have to do to make it happen, rate that from old Clark, and the pack, he's gone with Rizal, Harmond, and Renton as that loose forward trio that's been pretty effective for them all year to be fair, and I really do rate the work of Billy Harmon, one of the great unsung battlers and they've got big de up front he'll give them plenty of mana come scrum time and then combo that up with guys like Makaile Tu'u, Reese Marshall No relation to James and Falau Whakatawa to add some fizz off the rimu and they've got a bit of firepower to inject late into the game as well. For the Reds, they welcome back James O'Connor, the poor man's Justin Bieber. He's named to lace up in the 12 jersey so hopefully they send a bit of attack down his channel. Get big old Umanga Jensen, the tree trunks of doom trucking nut at Biebs and then in a massive inclusion for them off the bench the bruising midfielder from Mangere College the Mangere Mauler I like to call him Hunter Pasami he's been named in the 23 jersey that bloke can fold like Kane Evans so keep an eye on him you don't want to t-bone that bloke but overall I've got the Landers here in a tight one to get a dub and go the big lift for their great man Aaron Smith then on your Saturday four games back to back to back to back barnstormers with the Drua vs Moana in La Toca kicking us off at 2.05pm park up on the couch head to the pub early doors whatever is your preferred option Sky Sport 1 what a treat this game is going to be you got the pride of the Pacific going head to head neither side will be looking to play a boring style of code razzle galore, so I expect this to be an extremely high scoring encounter. And the Drawer, they're currently sitting in 10th, looking to make a final push with their last two games both being in Fiji, so they'll have this one pencilled in as a win and hopefully looking to cement themselves in some finals footy for the Moana she's a bit of a different story but they'll still be fired up to get their first dub of the year no one wants to be that team that goes winless they also farewell their coach Aaron Manger at the end of the year as well as losing their star player Levi Amua so they'll be looking to send both those boys off with a bang and on that It is a shame to see Levi head south it's hard to blame him though and for me he'll definitely be an all black in 2024 as a result and he said that was a big motivation behind his move getting a taste of that all blacks 15 footy last year that ignited his fire to want to wear the real black jersey a move down to Canterbury that'll certainly help his chances surrounding himself with goers that'll bring the best out of him what it does do though is ask the question for me as to how the crusaders midfield will look next year they've got guys like Havili, enor and almua all pushing for two spots and i do know jack goodhue the mulleted menace from outer northland he is off contract i'd love to see him return back home head north and wear the 12 jersey for the blues we all know rts he's going back to the WAS. goodhue would start there each week and he could really look to push his case back to playing international footy so watch this space Hopefully, a move like that is in the works. Following that game, Crusaders-Tars, the team we were just talking about, that kicks off at 4.35 down at Orange Theory Stadium. I'm thinking this will be an easy dub for the home side, who have well and truly hit their straps again, and they just seem to time their run perfectly to be a formidable force come Finals footy. What an alliteration that was. Four Fs all on the bounce you gotta love it and then we get into the two big games of the weekend both bums on seats clashes for me and both of equal importance with the Blues hosting the Canes at the Garden of Eden 705 kickoff and then you got the Brums hosting the Chiefs at the Milking Shed GIO Stadium in Canberra and once again one of the great scheduling cock ups has seen both of my teams kicking off at the same time you got the wahs and the blues in a clash of the codes so fair to say the old Sky Sport now dual screen feature that'll well and truly be utilised for me here but watching both at the same time so another reason for you to sign up if you haven't already that's top flight in segment advertising. From me, right there. But there's rumours out of the Blues camp that Bodie Barrett he won't be taking the park, which is a significant blow for the lads after Bodes he looked to be back to his menacing best again last week and he took the criticism of his kicking game from the week prior on the chin shook it off and ran the nut more last week which is when he looks at his most devastating best unfortunately though he cut his heel in that game as mentioned earlier the old slice and dice which resulted in stitches and apparently every time he chucks the boot on it causes him a bit of pain so they're opting to give him the week off I've no doubt if it was a finals game game would be quarter zone city and the great man would be out there but he does have another box to tick with an all black rest week up his sleeve so great opportunity to kill two birds with one stone and give the great man another week to rest and repair and good news though and again it's only rumours the teams haven't been named at time of recording but please add Feta, Stephen Peter Feta he's due to return after a month long layoff he's recovered from a shoulder niggle the joints they're lubed up and locked in and he will lace up in either the 10 jersey or off the Rimu which will be a very welcome inclusion and welcome back Stevie P for the swirls I'm expecting it to be all hands back on deck for the boys from the capital and we should see a Rolls Royce Wellington side rocking up to Eden Park looking to come away with the dub and get their season back on track after back-to-back losses are Coles Artie Geordie they should all be back in the side and I'm interested to see who they select on the wings as well. Naholo he ran amok last week, extremely elusive whenever he gets the ball. Julian Savia, who is of course the skipper against the Chiefs but had a pretty quiet night. And then you got Celesi Rayasi, old Selesi, who's been arguably their best winger all year. Only two can get the nod, so a great headache to have there for Coach Plums for me. And this is a real rugby cliche, but I think this game is going to be one up front with the Battle of the Ford set to really dominate the outcome of this game. Still no Dalton Papali'i for the Blues, so I think the Canes will fancy their chances here, but this Blues pack is certainly no easy beat, stacked with big physical bodies that can match it with the best in the business. So I think we're in. For one bruising encounter in the back line, she's razzle galore on both sides with multiple game breakers that can light up the game at the drop of a hat. You got Talia, Clark, Sullivan, and hopefully RTS for the Blues up against Geordie, Morby, Ray R C and co. Should be tackle breaks galore and an entertaining clash. This should overall be a top shelf game of footy. And I'm looking forward to the Battle of the Nines as well, with Christy taking on Roygaard, two of our premier young halfbacks in the country. This is mouth watering stuff in terms of my prediction course through and through I'll back the boys in blue and saying that though this is a game that does have me a little worried and if this was being played down in the capital I probably would have given the swirls the upper hand but good news for fellow Blues fans that is not the case she's a home game at the fortress the Blues simply do not lose at home so hopefully they can put in a big shift Get the dub and keep their slim home semi-final hopes alive before hosting the Landers again in Auckland next weekend. Back-to-back home games to finish off the regular season. Up the mighty blues. Let's go and pump the canes. And then finally... Grumbies vs Chiefs a huge trans-Tasman battle that sees first taking on third with the home side no doubt filthy at themselves for dropping points to the force they'll be hungry for redemption and also looking to keep their perfect home record alive. In 2023 for the Chiefs they're looking to make it 12 wins from 13 games and be the record breakers themselves in that Brumbies home streak and return the favour to an Aussie side after the Reds famously ruined their record streak a couple weekends back. In the mighty Tron. Again the teams haven't been named for this one unfortunately. Bring on a team naming Tuesday in Rugby Union. She needs to happen ASAP. It's an absolute shit show. But I'm expecting Coach Clayton McMillan. To take over a full strength side. And really look to target this one. As their last final proper hit out before they head into finals footy they take on the force next weekend that's a tough trip though not easy to make the flight over to Perth she can be a demanding one that takes a toll on the body not exactly a trip you want your best players making the week before finals footy as well Hamilton to Perth and then back to the Tron that's about 12 hours of travel so I think instead he'll opt to rest a few rigs next week give some of the big lads the week off so this could be their final dress rehearsal before getting in to the big dance, so I'm thinking... They take over the best the squad has to offer. And we all know the Brumbies, they offer a heck of a challenge at set-piece time, especially at line-out with their rolling maul. So it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs stack up against their pack. With lads like Samasoni and co, they definitely had the arsenal to nullify them. And the defence this season as a whole has been exceptional, both backs and forwards. So let's see if they can take that on the road and nullify a strong Brumby's 15 for the Chiefs, I think another big shift from Mac here will see them go a long way to getting the win and for me his kicking game it's been exceptional, teaming up with Shooter at the back it gives them 2 great options, both have big boots, the accuracy in which they've been striking the nut has been impressive too, it's not the aimless kicking we see from other sides. Far more tactical and it puts their big boys in positions to pile on the pressure. So I'm expecting them to plug corners, turn them around, take them on at their own game and hopefully they can come out with the wins. I think it'll be a bloody good game of footy, thinking it'll go right down to the wire. But I'm fairly confident, if at full strength, assuming I was right with those selection methods, the Chiefs can get it done. In a tight affair, definitely 1 to 12, and what will be a huge confidence boosting win on the road against a quality opposition. Get up, the mana men. Round 13. She's set to be a doozy. Weekly wrap time and let's kick her off with the NBA finals get straight into it and rip off the band-aid because obviously being a LeBron tragic this series between the Lakers and Nuggets has really consumed me over the last eight or so days but unfortunately now the season is over for the great man LeBron the Nuggets are champs of the west and the Lake show is done for the 2023 season and congrats to the Nuggets too deserving champs of the west and they won this series in emphatic style they swept the Lakers 4-0 including two impressive wins at the crypto arena which isn't an easy thing to do so let's run through in my opinion just how they pulled it off firstly when you talk nuggets you have to start with the two-time MVP the winner of the Magic Johnson trophy for player of this series the one and only joker Nikola Jokic and this bloke truly is a freak he's a one-of-one and elite level player in every aspect of the game he dominated this series as he has done all season finished with three triple doubles in the four games and probably saved his best till last as well with 30 points 14 boards, 13 assists, 3 blocks and a steal in game 4 including a crazy step back 3 pointer which simply no one on planet earth could ever have guarded. Team that up with the performance of Jamal Murray who is massive throughout this series too. Again we saw this playoff rise in his numbers which we've become so accustomed to. He really does rise to the occasion on the game's biggest stage and his career stats are a great reflection of that too. Throughout the season he has an average of 16.9 points, 3.7 boards and 4.2 assists. Once playoff begins though his averages take a massive leap up to 25.4 points so almost a point again difference 4.9 boards and 5.9 assists that right there is wild and when you combo the performance up Of their big 2 Joker and Murray with the performances of their other starters MPJ, KCP and Gordon you have one of the great well rounded teams that when they're on their day they're just simply so hard to beat. Throwing the impact of Bruce Brown off the bench as well he's always contributing plays his heart out full of energy on both ends of the floor and they really are probably the most complete roster especially when they're fully healthy and their shot makers are knocking them down which they certainly were, throughout this series, for the Lakers, Lebron, he delivered, in my opinion anyway, he played all but 4 seconds a game 4, put in his highest first half score in playoff history, with 31 at oranges, averaged 27.7 points, 9.5 boards, 10 assists, and, and 1.5 steals throughout the series, at age 38, in year 20, that is the GOAT. The more disappointing effort, in my opinion, came from AD, who I had high hopes for pre-series, of being the only guy that was nimble quick and big enough to guard the joker unfortunately though amongst some bursts of brilliance he just didn't quite have the impact as many would have hoped which summed up his postseason as a whole in my opinion he was inconsistent but when he was on he was so good he just couldn't produce it night after night and the fact that he had through three quarters of game four as many fouls as he had made buckets For a player of his calibre, one of the best in the world in a season-defining game. That just simply isn't good enough I thought the Lakers they got a strong series and postseason out of the great man Austin Powers he certainly looked like he enjoyed the bright nights never looked overwhelmed he's set to get a massive payday and he was often the only Laker player knocking down open threes without his shooting from beyond the arc they would have been even more atrocious and I also thought Rui looked good in large chunks of the games too a big body who can defend and can score the bucket at the drop of a hat I think the The Lakers did well to acquire him in that trade and he can certainly be a solid piece for them to use off the bench in the future as they no doubt look to further strengthen this roster and speaking of the future LeBron's statements post game that's got tongues wagging with many saying now he is contemplating retirement nearly 39 years old and he clearly showed signs of fatigue down the stretch in the fourth quarter as you would expect he shouldered the load incredibly throughout that game in the end though father time just caught up with him but in true Lebron fashion he left the press conference with a bit of a cryptic message which if nothing more will at least ensure he's the topic of conversation in the off-season and over the coming weeks certainly keeping his name in the headlines and he said and I quote I've got a lot to think about just personally with me moving forward with the game of basketball following that he then reportedly had a conversation with ESPN after the press conference and said he has to think about whether he wants to continue to play next year and that he could possibly walk away from the game so big offseason ahead for Bron fans like me and it would be a real shame to see the great man retire especially considering his son Bronny is only two or so years away from making the league we all know that's a real goal of his to lace up with his son so I just can't see it happening and I 100% think he'll be back out on the court next year I think he'll have an improved Lakers roster maybe Kyrie it is time for him to link back up with the GOAT but at the same same time 38 years old the career he's had if he did decide to leave on top boy would I be gutted but I'd also feel truly privileged to have been able to watch one of the greatest athletes ever go about their work I still just pray though that this Is not the end. Then over in the east. Miami. They continue to shock the basketball world. Up 3-1 in their series. But yesterday's performance from the Celtics shows that maybe they do have some fight left in them. And with game 5 going back to Boston. Perhaps there is a small glimmer of hope for the Ticks. That they can pull off a historic comeback. And down 3-0 in the series. They were down by 9 points early in yesterday's third quarter. It looked to be all over for Boston. But late in the third, Tatum got hot. And as a result, they went on an 18-0 run to flip that deficit of 9 points. Into a lead of nine, and from there on out, they never trailed again in the game. And for the first time this series, they finally looked like the team that finished second in the East, with the big difference for me being their three point shooting. It finally improved. For the first three games, they shot a dismal 29% from beyond the arc. However, this time they shot 40, and it was Miami's turn to struggle, hitting only eight of their 32 attempts another big reason for the dub was boston supporting cast finally outscoring the heats for the first time all series guys like gabe vincent caleb martin max Struess, and duncan robinson who all four went undrafted by the way they all ended up on the miami roster and they played vital roles in the first three games they were combining for 61 points per game On average, that right there is unreal but it was Boston secondary stars and role players who got the upper hand yesterday with Marcus Smart, Horford, Derek White and Grant Williams combining for 53 to outscore Miami's 44 proving to be enough to get the job done and they're going to have to continue to play at that high level and knock down their shots support Tatum and JB if they're any chance to get the job done so now the series rolls into Boston for game 5 tomorrow on ESPN 1230 tip off and if the Celtics can defend their home floor then they'll start to really put some pressure on the Heat who won't want to be the first team to ever lose a final series after having a 3-0 lead. The stats aren't in their favour though. Only 11 of the 150 times that a team down 3-0 has made it to a game 6 and only 3 times 0.02% has a team been down 3-0 been able to tie up the series at 3-all. So fair to say the ball is still In Miami's court. Then jumping over to the boxing. And last night we were treated to a spectacle. Thursday night biffs over in Melbourne. With NRL great George Rose and the No Limit Lads. Putting on a card of local and international talent. With two of the greats. Tyson Fury and Izzy Adesanya. In attendance ringside as well and the main card kicked off with kiwi glamour david nika who has to be the best looking bloke to come out of hamilton he took on local lad lewis masters in a cruiserweight division fight despite having a huge size advantage i must say old masters he gave him a good go and certainly made hot boy david work for the win i saw the herald describe masters fight tactics as bum rushing the kiwi which certainly doesn't sound legal in the boxing ring that sounds a little more of an extracurricular activity to me but in the end Nika managed to land some good shots force masters to tire and he was able to get the fight done in the fourth round with the referee jumping in to wave it off for a hard earned TKO win. In the co-main event, young Aussie throbber Nikita Zhu, son of former Aussie legend Costa Zhu and brother of the current WBO light middleweight champ Tim Zhu, he got the job done in emphatic style in the first round with a hissing uppercut setting up the beginning of the end for his opponent and fellow Aussie Benjamin Boomer, must say. Benjamin Boomer, that's a heck of a name, especially to have in the boxing world. So I was hoping that this bloke could show up and give him a good show. It was clearly just a massive step up, though, a huge mismatch. And Nikita Zoo, he's nicknamed the Butcher for a reason. Geez, he was all over him. And if you haven't watched the finish to this fight, make sure you check it out on Instagram. The ref actually tackled old Benjamin to stop the fight and not allow him to take any more damage. And it was a classic hip drop tackle, too, from the ref before Georgie Rose and the No Limit lads they are ex leaguey so it'll be interesting to see if the referee ends up with a few weeks on the sideline as a result one of the best hippies I've seen this year so keep an eye on that story. Then in the main event ah boy Big Joseph who I must say is looking an unreal nick at the moment. Kid looks fit and he backed it up too with a much needed statement knockout ending the fight against Aussie heavyweight Django Opelu with a flurry of punches including a huge right hook to the temple which caused the ref to call the fight off with 1 minute and 29 seconds still remaining in the very first round and when I say this win was much needed I mean that for a couple reasons firstly it was Parker's first KO win in the last three years so it was important for him to show he still has that knockout power which he need in the heavyweight division to get the big fight secondly think if Parker had lost this fight or even struggled to win it it could have been the end for Joe so it was great to see him make light work of an opponent that he should have to be fair and what was a clear mismatch in ability so now I'd love to see Parker Get back up in the ring with the big dogs. So where to next for Joe? That's the big question and interesting to hear. Fury, he was quoted after the fight saying he'd love to see Parker get a rematch with either Andy Ruiz Jr, Joe Joyce, Dillian White or Anthony Joshua. He also went on to say Parker is back on the map. So hopefully with a bit of that hype and the champ backing him, Parker can climb his way back up the ranks and find himself in the big biffs in the near future, back amongst that top calibre where he was before things they took a little slide and then for a quick little run through of what else is on over the weekend a bit of a surly schedule if you will with all events available to watch live or on demand on Sky Sport now you have EPL action tomorrow morning only two rounds left in the competition of course 7am United take on Chelsea in a good old-fashioned rivalry game with plenty still to play for for United as they look to lock in their Champions League qualification hopefully they don't I need them to lose both of their last two games so Liverpool can jump them that would be big fizz and then on Monday morning the EPL she wraps up the final round with all games kicking off I believe at 3.30am so no doubt all you footy purists you'll be getting up early to watch those and enjoy it's been a heck of a competition and I must say all begrudgingly congrats to Man City on pulling off the 3 Pete. They are a heck of a footy side. If you're a petrol head, good news for you too. With the F1 heading to Monaco this weekend. Qualification kicking off late tomorrow night, 11pm on Sky Sport 2 then you've got the tennis the French Open that kicks off on Monday night 8.50pm also on Sky Sport 2 with Novak Djokovic chasing his record breaking 23rd Grand Slam win and it does look reasonably likely too unfortunately some of the big names Nadal and Murray they are missing in action hopefully the young gun the number 1c Carlos Alcaraz, can back up that US Open win hold him off and stop that from happening I'm a big Nadal fan and myself so fingers crossed The Joker doesn't get this win. And then finally, if ice hockey is your thing, we of course have the Stanley Cup playoffs going right down to the wire as well with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Should have been nicknamed the Wild Knights. They missed a real opportunity there because she's always a big steam up whenever you're in Vegas. But they're taking on the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference Finals. Those games are all shown live on ESPN. I believe game four is tomorrow at midday. Vegas up 3-0, looking to wrap it up. So there's something for everyone this weekend to really scratch your itch and get your sporting fix. How good is that? Q&A time now before we wrap her up and great to see the questions still flooding in. So gone through, picked out four of the best and let's rip into those. Your first one comes through from NZ Warriors Faithful. What an absolute roost this bloke is, turning out top shelf Warriors content all year round. Also goes to Westlake Boys, one of the great schools. So get around him and he says, thoughts on Jamie Booth re-signing for the mighty harbour heat and yeah look that was a great signing for the boys of course jamie booth currently with the canes he doesn't get a lot of action at super rugby level but come itm or bunnings cup time should i say jeez i get confused with all these hardware sponsors just constantly rotating Come Bunnings Cup time, the kid's an absolute throbber. One of the best nines in the competition in my humble but very biased opinion. He's quick, he's got a nice pass and he's bloody tenacious as well. We'll never back down, so I'm fizzed to see old fire in the booth. Boothie the redhead signed back up to play for the mighty harbour really fizzing for this competition to get underway only 71 days away now cool to see harbour they're going to be taking their games back to Oniwa domain as well bit of a throwback to the past those iconic images of Buck Shelford and co lacing up and trotting out onto that turf hopefully they can roll out a retro jersey something like that to honour the occasion as well but yeah great to see Boothie re-signing and fingers crossed rumours are True. Be great to see Tavita Lee come back and join him as well. How good would that be? Next up, the great man Carl Tiley, and he says, Give me the WAS starting backline for next year. Where does CHT fit in? if at all and you look touched on this earlier with friend of the show and friend of yours too Carl Blake Ashford he mentioned in the halves he thinks that he'll have to be in that six or seven jersey especially if SJ doesn't re-sign me on the other hand though I'm confident Sean will put pen to paper and we can pull this off keeping the Prince of Penrose where he belongs at the home of footy Mount Smart Stadium so if that does happen then I see CHT personally playing a bit of that Bailey Surinan type of role I don't think Bailey signed beyond next year as of yet, so maybe that is just how we use him—a bit of a jack of all trades. He can cover the halves, he can cover fullback, cover centre, I reckon as well. Wouldn't be out of place there, and he could also play in the second row in the middle of the paddock, like Blake said. He's been on the old 40-hour famine just to slim down to play in the halves. So I think we see Chanel play a pretty similar role to that—a Mister Fix-it, plug-and-play guy. Great option to have as well whenever we have injuries to us spine chuck him in there he won't let you down on both attack and defense he is a real weapon and it's just great to see guys like RTS and CHT come back to the club they clearly miss it they see the success and they want to be a part of it so welcome back home Chanel but yeah where I see him playing bit of a jack of all trades I think Tamari and Sean they still have to be your starting half so maybe in that 14 or 17 jersey and saying that though we have plenty of jack of all trades D your as Tavangas and co. But again, Chanel, quality, you sign him and you see how it all plays out in the preseason. Big fizz though for Warriors fans and speaking of Warriors your next two questions they are both to do with the boys from Mount Smart first one says how did you infiltrate the Warriors bro talk us through that process over the last 18 months or so to be fair started around when COVID hit the lads moved over to Redcliffe and I was just thinking as a Warriors fan it would be great to hear from the boys have a bit of a weekly podcast where we can hear how they're going be away from home because while they were over in Aussie it's fair to say they didn't get the same media coverage that they are now so I thought as a fan be cool to get a bit of an insight into everything that was happening so I just hit up the club and said look I'm a big fan I got my own podcast here's my current work they came back and said let's do it, and things have just kind of evolved from there, and now they're back at Mount Smart, it's been unreal to be in the mixer, film the podcast there with the great man Jacko, and fingers crossed, things can just continue to develop from here, and hopefully this is just the start of a big relationship between STS and the WAS. truly love being involved though and then your next question says thoughts on RTS and CHT as a centre pairing next year with chance at fullback look don't mind it at all and for me it comes down to whether you want Montoya and Cossie on at the same time or whether you're happy with just Mars on the wing CHT in the centres and unfortunately there would be no room for old Cossie's corner. We have options galore. That's the best thing about this as Warriors fans over the past few years we've been calling out saying we have a lack of depth. Now that is the furthest of our issues. We've got players stacked and ready to go in multiple positions. So it's exciting times. And you have to think casting your eye over that 2024 roster. If we can add another big forward through the middle then I think we do have the team to potentially go all the way. How good would that be? Parades down Queen Street. It would be back to back premierships of course after we win it this year. And maybe even we go the triple in 2025. That was the year Robbo said he was targeting to win it as the owner. So how good would that be? And then finally, it's not really a question. More a bit of banter. And I got plenty of these as well. Turns out that a large majority of my following are Queensland fans. It just says Queensland baby. That is all can't wait for Wednesday night nothing better being Kiwis we really do get around the state of origin like nothing else up the mighty blues they will not lose 13 plus we're gonna absolutely trounce the Queenslanders but appreciate your chat anyway that is what state of origin is all about So that's us for another episode of Surly Talk Sport, cheers as always for tuning in, she's been a long one, plenty to get through but hope you enjoyed it, shout out once again to the legends at Sky Sport now, make sure you use my code if you're not already a customer, get yourself in the mix, as you've just heard it's action galore, sport from woe to go this weekend, so if you don't want to miss a minute, use the code SURLY10 at checkout, make the most of it, you could even just sign up for the weekly pass, dip your feed in, see if it tickles you fancy but with that code it makes the cost of a yearly pass less than a dollar a day that is truly unreal value ensure you don't miss a beat of the action get bums on seats in your household and sign up to sky sport now download the app on your phone your smart tv your laptop it's the home of sports streaming here in new zealand so support those that support me and really appreciate you're getting around them, up the whars, up the mighty blues, both the Auckland side and the New South Wales team, up the coat, we've got the bye this weekend, always a tough task, but we'll bank those five points, and I'll catch you back here tomorrow to talk all things punting, how good, go well, big fizz.